Welcome back, everyone, to Double Take, an NFL podcast streaming everywhere you get podcasts and also on YouTube. I'm your host, David. I'm joined by my twin brother, Daniel, and we have a special guest today, our first guest with both of us here on the show. First time ever. Steven Savage. How are you, man? I'm good, man. What is up? How are y'all doing? And doing good. So obviously, I said last week on the podcast, I was we, we were, I was either going to come here crying uh, in a bad mood, or I was going to come here elated with an I told you so kind of attitude. Mm. And I'm here with I told you so kind of attitude. Um, I was hammered all week long by text, phone calls at a little boy, even at church, who came and he said, man, I feel bad for you. Uh, the Cowboys are going to get spanked. Uh, and so everyone was after me. And I, I'm happy to say that they were all wrong. And I had a lot of fun yesterday just rubbing into people's faces. But the Cowboys do win convincingly 31 to 6 over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a game that, other than the PA, other than Brett Maher, the Cowboys played a flawless, flawless football game. Other than Noah Brown missing the onside kick, yeah. Nonetheless, it was a great, it was a great game. Dak came and impressed. He looked good. Um, but Savage, since you're a guest on our show, why don't you start first? What was your takeaway from from this game? Man, I think there are two two huge things that I want to talk about to start off. One is that Dak Prescott got rid of whatever was going on with him, whatever was getting in his head from that Washington game. He played better than Sam Howell, which is great. Um, He definitely (laughs) looked like the better of the two quarterbacks between him and Tom. And then also, and this is because I was getting the same stuff. Oh, Tampa Bay is going to win. Tampa Bay this and that. I was on my stuff the whole week. I said, Cowboys are going to win. It's not going to be close. At least 10 points. I mean, I was on record. Saying, I said, you could put my football credibility on this. Cows by at least 10. So I'm glad that I'm still credible for whatever that means. But a huge <laughs> reason why I believe this to be the case was because of we had three people coming back from injury. One, Tyler yeah. Biadish. Yeah. That mm-hmm. dude, he might not be all pro, all NFL. Yeah. But he is 14 times the player that Connor McGovern is. He is yeah. so much better, okay? And McGovern's cool in that, like, Hulk set, you know, running right. fullback. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But a starting center for a playoff team, it, it, he's just not there yet. And so he came back. So our run offense was good. Between all of the people that rushed, between um, Zeke and Pollard and Dak, we had 35 rushes for 128 yards. We'll take that. You know, that's good. That's mm-hmm. winning football. But then our run defense came back between Hankins and Van Der Esch. And, man, that changed. So we established the trenches, and that's why we won. And I knew that was going to happen because those three players for our team are vital. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Daniel, what about you? Yeah, uh, I'm going to take it in a completely different direction because if I'm to assume correctly, you both are optimistic fans. And – you guys had yeah. expectations for what was going to happen on Monday night. I'm the flip side of that. And so this is going to be a really interesting conversation because I'm here in a humble state, if that makes sense. Because even though, because there's been talk, David, we talked about it last week about mm-hmm. how everyone was coming out with the narrative, Dak is trash, Dak can't get it done. And you and me, we agreed uh, in the end that, hey, it's not that he doesn't have the ability. It's not that he hasn't done it before. And this mm-hmm. is going to go, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but our question was, can he consistently do that when we need him to do it the most? And to quote David, can he do it more often than not? Mm-hmm. And so for me, watching Dak, there was a moment in the game where I literally saw him do a play action fake. I think it was to Ferguson. You know, where he Mm -hmm. fakes it to Zeke, rolls rolls out, yeah, dimes up Ferguson. And Mm -hmm. right there, I literally stopped, turned to our dad and was like, did you see the confidence? Did -hmm. you see him not hesitate, but literally look so confident doing the fake handoff? 
rolling right, immediately seeing Ferguson, and with a flick of a wrist, giving him a perfect pass. I said, this, is, this looks like a guy who's playing with supreme confidence. And that's what I saw from Dak on Monday night, a guy who wasn't afraid, a guy who was ready for the moment. When everyone was coming after him saying, Dak's not the guy, Dak can't do it. And I'll be honest, I thought that. I was like, can he really do it? Can he have the composure? Can he silence his doubters? Can he put all of that behind him and silence those guys in his head so he can go out there and play great football? And he did. He was able to do it. And then defensively, I mean, um, Steven, you you put it best. Getting those two guys back, getting Van Der Esch and Hankins back. Now, Hankins, is he a world beater? No. But he's a big body in the, in, in the middle of that defense. Mm-hmm. And Leighton Van Der Esch has played surprisingly so well throughout the season. Yeah. And so having him back, shoring up the run defense, but also he played great in the pass game. He was taking the middle of the field and taking tight ends away, taking running backs away, getting his hands on the football to tip it. I mean, David, you said it best. This was a completely different team than we saw in Washington. And, and, we, and we saw that. We saw them come out ready to play. That was the big thing. Usually last year in San Francisco in the wild card, that team looked flat. That team didn't look ready to play. On Monday night, that team was ready to play start to finish. And that was the difference. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, I, for me, the, the question for Dak was, like Daniel said, we talked about this last week, I knew that Dak could get the job done. The question is, in the biggest game and the biggest moments, could he get it done? And we've we've seen flashes and glimpses of him being able to do that. But I think this was the game where he finally put it all together. And he said, yes, you can trust me in the biggest moments, in the biggest game. Now, here's the thing. And here's what I, I love. I love that Cowboys haters always do. They set a standard. Listen. Dak, you got to win this playoff game. If you don't win this real playoff game, man, you, you, you're trash. You're everything that we're saying that you are. They've just not being able to get it done. He goes and he plays pretty much a, a flawless game. And it's mm-hmm. just the, the the response is always just, man, it was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, like, what are we talking about here? Mm-hmm. Did he did he win a, a road playoff game, which the Cowboys haven't done since the NFC Championship in 1993? against the San Francisco 49ers? Or did he just play like a regular season game that somehow counts as a playoff? Like we have to, we have to, we have to define what we're expecting Dak to do and stick with it. We can't keep moving the goalposts. And yeah, for me, I'm looking at it. Let me speak. Let me speak to that. It's okay to, and like you're saying, moving the goalposts. If the goalpost is saying, Hey Dak, you played great. You did what you were supposed to do. Can you replicate that? Right. That's that's mm-hmm. realistic. That, and that is realistic. When yeah. you're moving the goalposts like that, that makes sense. But mm-hmm. like you're saying, all week, all we ever heard from everyone was Dak can't get it done. He won't beat Tampa. The wrong thing to do now is when he actually does what he's supposed to do. Because you said it on uh, last week, David, if Dak does what he's supposed to do, he should win. Easy. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. did. He yeah. did it. The last thing people need to do is now just be like, oh, it was Tampa Bay. They're an 8-9 football team. That's not what you were saying last week when you said he couldn't get it done. Yeah, but... Why are we, why are we moving the goalposts in terms of Tampa? I get saying, go do it again. I get that. But to diminish what he did, that's not fair to Dak. That's not fair. I, I agree. It shouldn't diminish. But I think it all comes down to expectations, right? So when you right. pay Dak 40 mil a year, you're expecting mm-hmm. him to be an upper echelon quarterback. So this right. game at Tampa, he was kind of in a lose-lose of if he loses this game, yep. that broke Joker, he sucks. That team was 8-9. and nine. Yep. They still mm-hmm. beat you. Man, you mm-hmm. stink. If he won, and I don't think anybody, like Cowboys fans, Cowboys haters, Dak could have thrown for 1,000 yards and 14 touchdowns. No one was going to think any higher of Dak than they did before that game if he won. Mm -hmm. 
If he lost, it would have changed their minds. With him winning, my view of Dak is still the same view of Dak, which is that. You know, yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. It didn't change. If you, get, if you get paid forty mil a year, I need you to win wild card round, mm-hmm. divisional round. That's when he like. I still believe he needs to prove himself because you look at this right. around us. We got like what seven people in the Pro Bowl. Is that how many we have? I don't even know if we have that many. Well, which we is have probably the, even better. We have the number two. We have the second most players in the Pro Bowl in the NFL for NFL teams. So it might be, Philly, it might be seven. Might be seven. Let me look that up real quick. Philly has one more than us, I think. And so we have a stack team. We have Pro Bowlers in almost every spot. We have two All Pros because somehow Turpin's an All Pro. I don't understand that one. Yeah, but, I, I I don't get that either. <laughs> but <laughs> I he's an All Pro, I guess. I but guess, so, so it's like you pay Dak all this money. Yeah, you need to go into Tampa Bay and beat the eight and nine team that doesn't score touchdowns. You just have to. You have to win. Now, this game is when I think, in the eyes of everyone, if he goes into Tampa uh, to San Francisco, goes from one bay to the next bay, and puts a number on them, then my view of him, everyone's view of him, can get elevated. Then we can start changing the narrative. Then we can, but just because he beat Tampa Bay, Mm -hmm. I can't change anything, man. That team stinks. You know, I get it's Tom Brady, but mm-hmm. you saw, I mean, Hankins chased him down. Big yeah, Hankins no. chased down Tom yeah. Brady. Anytime he gets a little bit of pressure, he throws it into the ground. Mm-hmm. We should have won that game. by. So us winning that game doesn't really change mm-hmm. the view of the Cowboys. Of course mm-hmm. we should have won now, Right. And, and But here's where I think it does change a little bit. At least for, for the two of us, for you and me, uh, Savage, it doesn't change anything. Because you've been saying it all week, and I've been saying it all week too. The score that I predicted was thirty-one seventeen. Yeah. So I was off by by three points. Um, right. And and really, the score should have been thirty-five to six, or thirty-five to fourteen. No, you uh, said right. I think they got a score off of the onside kick. So if we get the onside no, kick, no, they they, they didn't. They didn't get the score on the onside kick. No, they oh, got they it, didn't? and then they oh they, they turned, turned the ball over. over. Down. Yeah, right. but but even then, like it really, really, the score should have been thirty-five fourteen. It shouldn't have even been close uh, with those PATs. But so so for us, it didn't change because we knew that the Cowboys were going to go in and we're going to dominate. I think for for other people, well, for for maybe some Cowboy fans, maybe it changed a little bit of how they viewed this team. That this team is is a little bit different than than last year's team. But can this team do it against a San Francisco 49ers team who I believe is the team to be in the entire NFL? And we'll get into that here in a second. But before we go away from this game, I'm just going to ask you guys the question. What what does Tom Brady do now? Because he did not have a great game. Uh, Like Savage says, Everyone was was all over him. Michael Parsons showed up. You know the defense really showed up and stepped up. But was is this the last game that we see from Tom Brady? Mm-hmm. And if not, what happens now? Does he stay in Tampa or does he go somewhere else? Yeah, go ahead, Savage. I'll I'll go after you. Yeah. So I there's no way Tom Brady's done. There's mm-hmm. no way. There's just he got he in his mind he still has a whole lot of meat left on the bone, you yeah. know he's like man our defense didn't show up at all my whole offensive line was banged up man if I hit Mike Evans if Mike Evans caught that ball I threw to him, you know mm-hmm. we got that onside I mean there was a couple plays that happened in the balance we could have ended up winning that game because that's just how he thinks so I mm-hmm. definitely don't think he's done I also don't think he's gonna go out like that. What seems most likely to me, and man, I hope this doesn't happen because I'm in a group chat with a, a bunch of Cowboys fans and then there's a few Dolphins fans. And man, I hope this doesn't happen. But I could very well see him going to Miami. You have a team mm-hmm. that has Tua, who is arguably the most injury-prone quarterback in NFL history. And I don't even say that to make fun of him, but it's just I, he's entered in the concussion protocol three times in the last three months. Mm-hmm. I mean, at some point you have to consider hanging it up if you're Tua, right? I mean, just yeah. for the yeah. sake of your yeah. health. Yes. But but then you look at – I mean, so what? You're going to run it forward with Skylar Thompson? Mm. No. Mm. You can't do that. 
right? Teddy Bridgewater? That's not the answer. That's not the answer. Tom Brady loves Florida. He lo- You can tell he loves being there. You know, Tampa Tom, his whole personality came out. And then you look at the weapons they have. Arguably yeah. the fastest receiver room in the league. I don't even know if it's arguably. Yeah. I mean, with Hill and Waddle. No, it's not. Waddle, it's not. That crazy speed. You have Gasecki, who is a heck of a lot better than Coy Otten and Keith, you know, who was the tight ends mm-hmm. in Tampa. And then the defense, they added Bradley Chubb, you know. I mean, they got some players on that defense, too. Mm-hmm. Mike McDaniel had a good year. Of course, there's talk about Mike McDaniel maybe being let go if they can bring in Sean Payton. But I think my worst yeah. nightmare in terms of that group chat is the Dolphins bringing in Sean Payton and Tom Brady going into the next year because then I will yeah. never hear the end of it in that group chat. But I think Miami's where he's going. Um, that's just my take on it. Um, good news, Savage. Uh, that will not happen. Good. I believe that to answer the David's first question, no, he's not done. Um, I think people could tell there wasn't a loss of ability in terms of his arm talent or anything like that. It's just he doesn't want to get hit at 45. Mm-hmm. It's just as simple as that. Um, if his first couple reads aren't there, he's going to throw in the dirt. It's just that simple. Uh, he doesn't want to get hit. Um, where I see him going, it's interesting. I've already thrown this idea out um, a couple times to a couple people, and it seems to be a consensus that that, that would be a good fit. I believe if this team can shore up the offensive line, can get some players on defense, I think Las Vegas is a good place for Tom to be. Because Josh McDaniels is there, mm-hmm. he spent 20 years with him or a mm-hmm. good a good amount of time with him. Um, he knows the verbiage. He knows the offense. Um, I just think it's a great fit having Darren Waller uh, Devontae Adams, uh, Jonathan Taylor, Hunter Ruffro. They've got weapons. They've got weapons that he would love to have. Um, you mean Josh Jacobs? Josh Jacobs. Josh right. Jacobs. What did I say? You said Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor. Taylor. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know why I said Jonathan Taylor. No. Um, yeah, Josh Jacobs. He led, I believe he led the league in rushing. He led the league in rushing this year. Yeah. So for me, that, that makes the most sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of Miami, I think Mike McDaniels did just enough to keep his job for another year Um, because messing up the whole Tua situation did not look good on his part. Um, The fact that they started so well and they ended the season with the same record as Brian Flores did the previous year when Brian Flores didn't have as much talent. That's a big telling sign. Yeah, but the injuries though, man. Yeah, Um, that's the thing. Like, and and like – Tua wasn't hurt last year, but he was hurt this year yeah. and he has not looked the same since, since all his concussions. Right. Um, I think the second concussion really messed him up. And for me, that's a mm-hmm. Miami Dolphins organization failure. Yeah. Just yeah, not recognizing, sure. hey, your guy's hurt. And so for me, I do put mm-hmm. that on Mike McDaniels because sure, you have the sure. ability to look at your quarterback and say, right, he's not right. We need mm-hmm. we need to get him out of here. Um so I think he saved his job for another year because with Skylar Thompson being able to win the season finale to get them in the postseason right. was, was pretty good. Um, and they Miami actually played Buffalo really well in that game. They played them well. And yeah. so for me, I don't think Sean Payton comes in there at least for another year um, or Mike McDaniels doesn't get pushed out for another year. Um, but I think Las Vegas is a good fit for Tom. I think he has probably one more year left, I think, because it's kind of hard to play the style of football that he plays and be afraid to get hit and last very long. So that's my take on it. Yeah, I agree with both of you in terms of he's not done. You know, his 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 career is not over. I, I think Savage is right. He He's thinking in his head, you know, if we could have had one play here, if this wouldn't have happened, if I wouldn't have thrown that he's red zone. on to Carolina. Like, yeah, like, yeah, Carolina's the game. He threw for over 430 yards, you know, was, was exceptional in that game. So I think he definitely is going to come back for – I say he comes back for another two years. I think he's looking at two years and saying, man, I can really go someplace and, and finish my career and win another Super Bowl. Las Vegas is what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Miami has also been thrown out because of Sean Payton. Has been. 
I'm going to throw this out. I have, there's no way he's going here. No way he's going here. Don't say it. But, but I would love to see it. I'd love to see it. I think he can go to the New York Jets. I think that they have a great defense. They have uh, Brees Hall. They got some young, talented receivers. And all what did the New York Jets need all year long to get them into the playoffs? Not Joe Flacco. Not, not Joe not Flacco. Zach Wilson. <laughs> not Zach Wilson. Not Mac White, Mike White. Yeah. But you get Tom Brady in there who is used to playing in cold weathers like he was in New England. I think that's where he should go. I think that's where where you know the team is is most ready to to win is in is with the Jets, but I know that's not what he's going to do. I know he's either probably going to go to Miami or he's probably going to go to Las Vegas. I think Las Vegas they have the one of the worst defenses and and their offensive the line is not great. Their offensive line is not great. Yes, I get it. You have Devontae Adams. You have Darren Waller. You have Josh Jacobs. You have all these weapons and stuff. But you also need time to get them get them down the field. And you also need a defense who can help you like the Buccaneers defense helped Tom. Yeah. And so the Raiders have a lot of work to do right. in order to get that done. Um, with, with Sean Payton, I like the idea. I think it's great. I think having Hill and Waddle and uh Gasecki is great that defense is is all right it's okay um honestly i think that's a better fit than las vegas just as the teams are constructed right now hmm. but i also think that the new york jets gives him the best opportunity to go and win a super bowl because they're the team that's most ready and also probably in a better position to get some more players Especially if I mean Tom Brady's name is gonna is gonna attract, attract a lot of yeah. interest yeah. for a lot for for a lot the of agents. players. Yeah, uh, but but I'm just I'm just throwing that out there as a, as a possibility. That's, um, I, I can see where you're coming from. <clears throat> it's not gonna happen. I'm not saying it's gonna yeah. happen. I'm just saying it, it for me. That's where I would go because I feel like go. that team's ready. If it's Tom, that's that's appealing. If you're Tom, yeah, all that. So now going back to the Cowboys real quick, as now we're going we're gonna to talk about playoff football. Um, to go into San Francisco to play the 49ers. We played them last year in, in a close ball game, uh, if you want to call it close. It wasn't really that close. Where, where, do you see, where do you see the Cowboys this time around? Savage, let's go with you first. Oh, so I think under normal circumstances – everybody's healthy, you know, facing off. I think we lose by about 14 points. But there is so much extracurriculars happening right now Mm -hmm. that my dumb self is thinking we might have a chance. So, D'Amico Ryan, (laughs) defensive coordinator, this week is having two interviews for a head coaching job with Denver and Houston. And, of course, you know, San Francisco media, they're like, Oh, he's no, he's gonna be focused throughout the week. And then, you know, on Thursday and Friday in his off days, that's whenever he's gonna be able to de- if you're interviewing for a head coaching job, let alone two head coaching jobs, and then I think he has two others planned, but just not this right. week. He's mm-hmm. thinking about that. So his attention a little bit divided. Okay, now let's look at the recent, you know, performances of San Francisco in their passing defense. So this is a game I got for you. Okay, I'm going to throw out a stat line, and I want y'all to guess who is the quarterback that did this to him. Okay, I got two of them for you. Here's the first one. 23 of 34, 365 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Who did that? Uh, Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham is correct. Jared the Javelin Stidham carved them up. I think Dak's a little bit better than Stidham, right? Is that fair to say? Okay. Okay. Now, what about this one? This one might be a little bit more tricky. Okay. 25 of 34 for 289 yards, three touchdowns, and one pick. Good stat line, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Y'all, y'all got any ideas? No. I, I don't. don't. 
Okay, what about a combination of Heineke and Wentz did that to him? Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz split mm-hmm. reps and carved that defense up. We think highly of them, don't we? <laughs> oh, you know me. I'm a big Wentz guy. No, absolutely <laughs> not, man. So if your defensive coordinator isn't focused, if you've been letting marginal talents at quarterback carve you up, Dallas is playing hot. We have the best tight end room in the league. I don't care if they have yeah, I agree. or not. We have Schultz and then the next Travis Kelsey and Jake Ferguson, and that's how I feel to my core. That dude is a freak athlete. He just needs more reps. We're probably not going to be able to pay Schultz in the offseason. Next year is going to be a big Jake Ferguson year. But going into this game, Curse is going to be healthy. They already said that he'll be playing against San Francisco. You got Brock Purdy, who's just a, a baby still. You know? I got I got some stats about that, Savage. Y'all check this out. So Brock Purdy had a decent, you know, he looked great. He played phenomenal in, in games that he filled in um, at the end of the season. Do you know what those defenses were? Uh-oh. His first game was against Miami. Not bad. Not too shabby. It's a good, good Miami team. Tampa Bay, look what Dallas just did to them. Mm. Seattle, does Seattle have a top top five defense? No. no, no. Washington, good defense. I I would say good defense. Las Vegas, we just talked about their defense. Arizona, no, Mm-mm. no, and then Seattle again. Yeah. I, I understand that Brock Purdy is playing out of his mind and he's playing better than anyone thought that he would. For me, I would prefer him to be your starting quarterback than what they have in that room, me personally. But it's different when you play a top five defense. Hmm. Now, do I think that Brock Purdy – and here's the, the moot point for Brock Purdy in this offense. Kyle Shanahan is going to rely on the run in this game. Yeah, He's going to. He has to. You don't want to put your rookie quarterback in a situation where the stakes are really high and he's throwing the football 30 times. Now, he did that against Seattle, but Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey did re- ran the ball really well. Like, had less than 20 carries, had over 100 yards for that. I think the key of this game for San Francisco is for them to run the football and to rely on play action. I think that's where they're headed. Now, if Dallas is able, and this is a big if, this is a big if, if they can stifle the run, you have a better chance because I, I, I do like our, our secondary a lot better. Our pass rush, if they don't have to worry about the run, I believe can get home in a couple of areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if this is a game for Brock Purdy to struggle, this is it. Yeah. Because... If they beat Dallas and go on to play Philly, Philly's defense hasn't looked great to end the season. Mm. This will be Brock Purdy's biggest test on the defensive side that he's seen all year. And so another big part of this game is San Francisco has two and a half more days to prepare. That's 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 a big thing that we have to distinct from this is they have a lot more time to prep. They have a lot more time to go through this defense. And you can believe Kyle Shanahan is holding Brock Purdy by the hand and saying, hey, son, this is what you need to do. Yeah. But to put it into context, because everyone's been like, oh, he's going to he's gonna throw for 400 yards and do all this. Like, it's like he's done that against mediocre defenses. Yeah. He's, playing a, he's playing a real top five defense this week. This will be the test for Brock Purdy to actually see, is he that guy? Do they need to get rid of Trey Lance for him? This will be the game to decide that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I would say that they have more time to prep because, I mean, they found out who they played the same time that the Cowboys figured out who they would play. Yeah, but Dallas they do is have, they back. Do, they do have more of an opportunity to rest uh, and, and to, and to healthy, heal their yeah. wounds that, 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 they might have sustained in in the Seattle game, and I I understand what both of you guys are saying about Brock Purdy, but I think this game is more about the Dallas Cowboys defense. 
Yeah, not about Brock. Has to be. Because San Francisco also has one of the best offensive line in football right now. Yep. The Cowboys, other than this past game against Tampa Bay, whose offensive line has one of the worst pass block win win shares in the NFL. Yeah. The Cowboys, as of late, have not been sacking the quarterback very, very well. And the defense has taken a, a, a decline compared to how they started in the beginning of the season with Cooper Rush playing as quarterback and even in the early games with Dak Prescott. But they, remember, they gave up a four, uh, 14-point lead against Green Bay. They did the same thing in Jacksonville. They struggled against Washington. They, they have not looked good as of late, and I get it. They got healthy against Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. The key for this game, if the Cowboys get to Brock Purdy and force that 49ers offense to get one-dimensional, Cowboys got a real <laughs> shot at winning this game. That's, that's how it has to be. Now, the, the thing that gives me some hesitancy is even last year in the wildcard game, 24 to 31, I think, was the final score. We only lost by seven, only lost by a score. But at the same time, Jimmy Garoppolo was your quarterback. Yeah. And if we, really, if we really think about how that game went, mm-hmm. the game shouldn't even have been that close. Yeah. Yeah. But, but one thing, or go ahead. But I think, I think that if Dak continues on his momentum, yeah. And continues to play the way that he played last week in Tampa Bay, which we again, he slight he sliced up defenses this year. Yeah, and 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 again, when when the Philadelphia Eagles were flying high, fly Eagles fly, and yeah. they came to Dallas and Christmas Eve, what did he do after? Yes, throwing a pick six, played almost. What a did he do game. after that? Foot, foot, he son. sliced them up. He sliced them up. Again, Tony Pollard wasn't the hero of that game. Was Ezekiel not. Elliott wasn't the hero of that game. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott and his arm. Remember, third and 33. T.Y. Hilton. 53 yards to T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> like, if, if that Dak Prescott shows up and plays in this game, yeah, it, it's going to be closer than people think, and I get it. San Francisco, they're flying high. They've they're winning games, and I've even seen some people saying, you know, they had one of the easiest schedules in the NFL this season. But this defense is no joke. The weapons yeah. that they have on offense is no joke. Brock Purdy, yes, he 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 has played against not so fantastic defenses, but let's not forget that he goes against one of the best defenses in football in practice every single week. True. So, so he's probably the most prepared to handle a top five defense. Mm -hmm. Now it's a good point. He is a rookie. He can do rookie things. Yes. And so the, the key for this game is that when he does give us the opportunity to take the ball because again the gal even even with how um inconsistent as of late they've been to getting to the quarterback they still led the league in takeaways this season so when brock purdy because he's done it we saw it in seattle and we've seen it in a couple of games too when brock purdy gives you the opportunity to take the ball away can you take it away and that offense capitalize on it yeah and I think that if the Cowboys can do that, they have a real shot of winning this game better than what most people are thinking of. And I get right. it. It's easy to hate on the Cowboys and dismiss all that we've done this season because of a couple of performances by our team. But if we play our best football, if we play Dallas Cowboy football and taking the ball away, capitalizing, and if Dak looks the way that he looked against Tampa Bay, I give the Cowboys a real, real shot of winning, of winning this football game. Yeah. The only the only thing I would say about last year's game, there was a couple, let's be real, there's a couple fluky things in last year's playoff game. Like if you remember the penalties, I think the Cowboys yes. had 13 penalties yep. and San Francisco 14. had 14 yeah. and San Francisco 14, had one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it was 14 to one penalty differential, right? That's a good point. Yeah, that's good. Because Dak would make a play and then it would and come back on a holding call. Yeah, right. or something or something yeah. would happen. Yeah. And then also last year's Cowboy team, this is this is to me when people try to bring up last year. And it's always I when people say, well, last year the Cowboys did this as if it's the same team as last year. It's a different mm-hmm. team. And this is a verifiable fact. And you saw it on the Tampa Bay game. 
Last mm. year's Cowboys would get to the red zone and kick field goals. This yeah. year's Cowboy leads the touchdowns. NFL in red zone touchdown percentage. When we get there, 71% of the time, we score a touchdown. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, if Brock Purdy puts the ball in danger, which he is going to do, he's going to do it at least two or three times, we capitalize That's- on that, we're going to get – there's good chances we're going to get seven. Turnover differential is a huge stat in the NFL, right? And, you know, us in San Francisco, the San Francisco was number one at a plus 13 turnover differential. Cowboys were number two at a plus 10 turnover differential. So we both take the ball away more than we give it away. So that's going to be – And considering and considering, considering also Dak was second in Dak the league. 15. That he Intercept. tied for first in interceptions with 15. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The fact that we were able to still be in second place, that says a lot. I, I, I get that, and I hear that. This is not the same Cowboys because, again, in Tampa Bay, only two penalties the entire football game. Yeah, they've, they've been playing pretty clean football, way better than last year, I believe. But way better than last year. I, I, yes, I get you that. But like Daniel said, or and or to go with what Daniel said, the 49ers are also not the same team that we played against last year. Yeah, because. Because as 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 even though yes he is a rookie, Brock Purdy is still an upgrade from Jimmy Garoppolo. He, and I they, think that they have way better quarterback play than they did last year. Or way better quarterback play. G. They have they have C Mac as well. Yeah, and so he's changed life there. So I think the exciting thing about this is that if you have a Cowboys team who's not committing to, uh, pe- penalties anymore, a team that can now score when they actually take the ball away and get into the red zone, you're going against a 49ers team that also has an upgrade, even if it's a slightly, has a slight upgrade at quarterback, a huge upgrade at running back, and you have a defense that is capable of stomping you. This should be probably this. This is the game of the week, and I honestly, I think the t- whoever, and this might be big of me to say, so you guys can tell me if I'm wrong. That's why we call it a, a, a take podcast. Whoever wins this game, in my opinion, wins the Super Bowl. Because I think because I think the 49ers, they are now set up. They can beat anybody. I think they're set up to beat anybody, even Kansas City. Um, and again, I may come back the next week after seeing Kansas City playing division around says, hey, scratch that. Kansas City is still the yeah, team we got, to beat. We got to see how they play. Because um, we got to see how they play. But they also can get knocked out this week against Jacksonville Jaguars if they're mm-hmm. not careful. Because they're a team that likes to yeah. come back. They're from, dangerous. From being down and win football games. But... I think that if the Cowboys can beat San Francisco, they can beat anybody. They can beat anybody. They already beat Cincinnati earlier in the season, and Cincinnati is now struggling with a makeshift offensive line after yeah, several it's gonna be injuries. Tough. It's going to be tough. We know we can beat Jacksonville. We just kind of gave that game up. We've beat Philly before, and I get it. Jalen Hurts is coming back, but still, their defense has not looked good at all, so it, that could be a shootout. And like you said, we got Rankins back and Vanderish back. They they can help and stop that run. So I think this game for me is going to decide who wins the Super Bowl. Because if the Cowboys can beat San Francisco, they can beat anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so. That's a, guy, that's a hot take. But I don't know it is a hot take. I get it. it. I don't know if I disagree, but that's hot. That's that's like fajita hot. You know, coming out of yeah. the back of the kitchen. <laughs> When we get to uh, the the predictions, mm-hmm. I'm going to show why that might not be as hot as we think. Okay. No. Well, that's where we're going to right now because it, it's time for us to, to go ahead and pick them, pick the games for this weekend. And so let's go ahead. Let's take a look at these these divisional round matchup. Starting first, Jacksonville <laughs> at Kansas City. Savage, who wins this game and why? Oh, everything inside of my heart. Well, just first off, before we get to that, last week I went on record on Thursday of last week, and I picked 6-0 and the, in the finishes of Wild Card Weekend. So I have, mm-hmm. a, I have a clean record this year in the playoffs <laughs> and predictions. Hey, I'm writing this down, guys, so that way next time we can, we can look back and yes. see what our records were. Yeah. So, go ahead. So much of my heart wants to go with Jacksonville on the upset. I want to do it. 
<laughs> oh, I want to do it so bad, but mm. I I can't do it. I can't. I can't go that far out on a limb. Do I think mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence is a top five quarterback in this league? Yes. Do I think that he's going to beat Mahomes? No, I don't. I'm going with the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm with you, Savage. Um, as much as I would like for Jacksonville to advance, um, what they did in Wild Card Weekend is what should be the focus of their season. Meaning, they're gonna lose to Kansas City just because Kansas City is just the better team. But I do think Jacksonville, no matter what, should be encouraged about what they were able to do this season because no mm-hmm. one thought they were going to make the playoffs. People thought they would improve, yes. No one thought that they would make the postseason, and even better mm-hmm. yet, beat a talented Chargers team, even down 27 to nothing. Yeah. So I think mm-hmm. it's a good season already for Jacksonville. I just don't think it's enough to beat Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. Yeah. I feel like about Jacksonville, how I felt about the Mavericks last postseason. Yeah, that's a like, good. They got yeah. good supporting role players. They got one young stud. You're going against Utah in the first round. You're going against the Chargers in the first round. They're an overrated team. Put foots in them. We'll move on to the next round. Then you got the Chiefs. You had the Suns. The Suns had the most wins in basketball last year. So it's like, oh gosh, are they going to beat the Mavs? Oh man, I want, yeah, but I got to go with the Chiefs still. I can't, I got to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one's pretty easy for me. Uh, I, Daniel knows this, and, and Savage, you're about to know this. You know, I like Trevor Lawrence. I think he's a good quarterback. Uh, I think he's probably one or about another year away before I can put him in that kind of elite conversation. He's had a great sophomore season. Yeah. And honestly, I think he needs even more credit because he had Urban Myers as his coach his first year. Hey, for turn most, it around after that. For man. most first-round quarterbacks, like yeah. first overall quarterbacks, for to have that locker room that was so detrimental, it could have ruined his career. And he just came back, turned it completely around. Duck Peterson has done a great job. Honestly, if it wasn't for how Brian Dable and the Giants looked this past week in the wild card, Definitely I would say Doug Peterson – Coach would have been year. coach of the year, but yeah. Brian Dable's done such a good job. But it, I think mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, he, he's not losing this game. He's not a guy who loses in the divisional round. Uh, so I don't, I don't see him doing that. And, and but I do think that Jacksonville makes this a game to start. I think it, it's a good game to start. But also, Patrick Mahomes has the capability of putting twenty eight on you. In a flash, uh, in a flash. So I'm going to take Kansas City to win this ball game. Next game, the New York Giants at Philadelphia. Mm. Savage, who do you got? I'm going with the New York Giants. Mm. The Eagles are without Lane Johnson. Yes. That's huge. And then here's mm. my hot take for the show. Jalen Hurts is the most overrated quarterback in the league. And he is a – I'm not even saying marginal. I'm not saying average. He is a bad playoff quarterback. We can go last year with – he played against Tampa Bay, stunk up the joint, was bad. You can go back to his year at Oklahoma. I'm a huge LSU Tiger fan. Joe Burrow and company versus Jalen Hurts and company. Oh, yeah, we put foots in them. Justin Jefferson had six touchdowns that game, wasn't even close. And you can go back the year before that when he was at Alabama and got benched for Tua. They benched him for Tua, okay? Jalen Hurts is a bad playoff quarterback. You can go back as far as you want to know that data. Daniel Jones And I'm not even a big Daniel Jones guy. I think Daniel Jones is the third best quarterback in the NFC East. But Brian Dable is by far the best coach in the NFC East. It's not even close. We're going to have to deal with Brian Dable for the next decade. It feels very much like Andy Reid with the Eagles. It's going to be awful being against him in the division. Saquon Barkley is going to run it all over the house. I I got the Giants. Um. I've got, looking at this game, Philly has 
kind of backed their way into the postseason, meaning, you know, with the Jalen Hurts injury, um, their defense not playing as well as we've seen them at early parts of the year. Um, I don't agree with the Jalen Hurts take. I think that we've seen a progression in terms of Jalen Hurts' ability to throw the football since his year in Oklahoma, since his first year with the Eagles to, to now. There's been a huge difference the way he's thrown the ball when he was at Oklahoma to where he is this year. Wait, since Alabama. Ha- having said that, though. Could it get worse? It, it couldn't. But usually, and you look at other quarterbacks who came into the league not throwing, the, per- the percentage of quarterbacks who couldn't throw in college can throw in the NFL has been tiny, and he's done it. Him and Lamar. Um, but I will say, this is where I agree with you. Is it too early to go ahead and crown him and saying, yes. hey, he's that guy? Is it too early? I believe so, because with other quarterbacks in this league, we've we've said, hey, let's let's see some consistency consistency in for a couple of years before we do this. Um now, last year, Philly was also a team that probably got into the playoffs a little too early. They were playing a, a pretty great Tampa Bay team. So they kind of ran into a buzzsaw. Now, where I feel, and this is where I'm getting to my prediction, I believe New York also upsets them mm-hmm. because of the way New York is playing right now. It's about streaking into the postseason. And the way that New York's defense played, people forget Dalvin Cook's a great running back. And they they, they stopped him. Justin Jefferson, one of the best receivers in this entire league, league. they locked him up. Best. TJ Hawkinson got, had their way with them, yes. But a little bit too little, too late to kind of – overdo that and so for me it's more of who do you trust more and I believe that Daniel Jones the way he's playing right now like like you said I wouldn't put him in the upper echelon of of quarterbacks but he sure played like it last week Mm -hmm. he sure played like a top five quarterback and so I believe I believe Daniel Jones is a better thrower of the football I, I think Daniel Jones throws great the ball comes out really quick, very decisive. David don't like that. <laughs> and and I and I understand the hesitation. I really do. But if you just look at the Minnesota game and what he did in that game, you gotta th- you gotta think. If Darius, not Darius, if Slayton doesn't drop that ball, Minnesota doesn't have a chance to drive and almost win the game. He put it on the money, and he he could have ran for for another touchdown. Yeah, I believe Daniel Jones is a is a little better throwing the football than Jalen Hurts, and his play has been playing a little bit more yeah. consistently yes. this back half of the season than w- what we've seen in the league. And you add to that what he can do running the football. He Brian Dayball has got him to a point where, hey son, if it's not there, run. Josh Allen Jr., bro, that's what he's looking like. That's what he's looking like. And not to say that that's where Daniel Jones is. No. But but that's what he's playing like right now. Right. So I believe that all the things combined, I think New York is able to upset in a close ball game. I really do. So, Daniel, you really agree with me then? Because I do. that would be that in his last four playoff appearances, I don't he would count have lost college. to the Giants. He would have lost to the Bucks. He would have got demolished by LSU. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't count college because Oklahoma doesn't play any defense. You, but you have I, to. It's a part of I his can't. performance. I, I can't because he's not the same quarterback he was in Oklahoma. I can't yeah. count that. He's a little bit better him. than bad. You know, that's what he's turning to be. I, I would say he's a, he's a little bit better. I say he's about average right now, based on his completion percentage, based on his his yards per attempt. He's improved a lot. From his days in Oklahoma, his skill is better, but he is still a choker. We'll see. We'll see. It's it's college is different than the NFL, and especially when you play in Oklahoma, it's 
it's it's tough to win playoff games when your defense gives up almost 50 points a game. It's especially, really hard to do that. Especially to an SEC team. Yeah. Okay. David about to go off on us. <laughs> I hope he does. I hope he does. Listen, can we stop? Can we no. stop? We, we, we literally just talked about um, can we see this kind of performance consistently over a couple of years? And here we are talking about Daniel Jones being a better thrower of the football than Jalen Hurts, even though – and I get it. I get it. Daniel Jones this season had a higher completion percentage than than uh, than Jalen Hurts. It was it was sixty seven to sixty six percent. I get that. But are we forgetting the games and how many of the games that we've seen of Daniel Jones, even this season, to where we said, "Man, you got to complete that pass. You got to make that throw." Even against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. If you hit Saquon Barkley on the fourth down, on a fourth and two, he's probably running all the way to the end zone. So I get it. He's played good over the last couple of weeks. But can, can, we, can, can we wait? Can, can we do what we're saying to do with Brock Purdy and, and, and even with Jalen Hurts and say, can you do it when it matters most? Because here's the thing. Minnesota, I get it. They won 13 games this year. But really, we're going to count Minnesota's defense as an elite defense? No, we're not. We made the Cowboys made them look silly by putting 40 points on them and 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 their offense is nothing to scream about cuz they're inconsistent. Justin Jefferson is not one of the best receivers in the league. He may be in the top 5, but he has not consistently top played. Top 5 is one no, of the best receivers in the league. He's not top, I'm, I'm telling you top five when it matters is. most, when it matters most. I can't believe you when said it that. When it matters most, oh he disappears. Okay, I get, I get that he I get that he I get that he disappears. Season, I 100% get that. The most when it counts the most, he disappears. I understand so I can't that. Put him, I can't put him up there until he proves it when it matters most. And he hasn't done that yet. So he's not the best receiver in football. He's in no the one's top, saying I'll that. It. He's in the top five. He's no in one's the top saying five, that. But he's not the best. Savage is saying it. Savage is saying he's the best yeah. receiver in football. I don't think he is. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not there yet. Let's give him another year to do it. And if he does it, if he puts it, hey, if he puts another 1,800 yards again next season, he's the best. He's the best receiver in football. No he question. He did it with no Kirk doubt. Cousins. He did it with, did Kirk, it with Kirk Cousins. Cousins. Did it with Kirk Cousins. I get that, but but still, when it matters most, you got to get the job done. And he disappears when they need him. They put under- three people on him. I yeah, for sure, for sure. That's what happened in that game, and that's what they usually do when they when in when you put a Jair Alexander type guy on him, it's gonna be some trouble. But no one is saying that he is. I agree, he doesn't have the highest motor, but to say his talent and his production doesn't put him as one of the best receivers in the league. No, no, I changed it. I changed it. I said, I just said, I don't think he's the best. I don't think he's the best receiver in the league. I think he's top five, but he, he hasn't, he hasn't shown up in the moments to make me say, you want to say that that's, that's valid. That's fair. Now, now going back to now, going back to Daniel Jones and Jalen hurts, right? Daniel Jones is not better than Jalen hurts. He's just not. I need Daniel Jones to do it more, more times than not before I put him before I put him in there. Now, That's if he fair. shows up this weekend against the Philadelphia Eagles and and does what he does against Minnesota, I'll give I'll I'll give him some love and I'll give him some credit. But here, but the reason why I think that the because I'm picking the Giants, I think the Giants are going to win this game. I just don't trust Philly's defense. That's who I don't trust. And I don't trust an injured Jalen Hurts because guess what? We saw the, we saw these two teams play in Week 18. Against and, backups. And against backups, Jalen struggled. And they weren't – and I get it. They weren't having him do all the things that he normally does because they – I think we lost him. Uh-oh. Okay. So I'm going to keep going. And – I guess I can't was, believe you said that about yeah, Justin Jefferson, bro. Anyway, what was that? Anyway, but to go on about Daniel Jones and J- Jalen Hurts, 
the reason why I say that about Daniel Jones is because what I'm not going to do mm-hmm. is I'm not going to take how he played in the beginning of the season and saying that's what he is now. Because mm-hmm. what? Because for any player, what you have to do, update your resume. And what he's proven yeah. through the last points of the year is he's gotten a lot better. And, and I agree, he's not better than Jalen. I do think he's a little bit better at throwing the football than Jalen, just because he's a more natural passer than Jalen. Now, Jalen has gotten progressively a lot better, yes, but I still think the edge on passing still goes to Daniel Jones slightly. But I agree with you that there may be some some things that Jalen Hurts is going to bring to the table that's going to put him over on top in terms of just an overall quarterback than Daniel Jones. My point about Daniel Jones is just, I'm going to take what he's been doing recently mm -hmm. to give my take of him now. I'm not going to bring up what he did, you know, a couple (laughs) weeks, six, two months ago. That's well, it. my th- my thing is we have to look at what he's done in the past to to predict what he's going to do in the future. And more times than not, Jalen Hurts has been more consistent at making the big plays than Daniel Jones. I, I want to say in the, in the playoffs, and I'm the big. I'm the, no, no, I'm talking about no, like big moments. Like, I'm talking about I'm talking about in, in in plays like on a third down and long. Who do you actually trust to make a throw downfield? Jalen Hurts or Daniel Jones? I'm, I'm going to ask Jalen Hurts to give me 15 yards on the ground. I don't trust either of them. I don't trust either I mean, of them. I, I trust I trust Jalen Hurts more than I trust Daniel Jones because he's only yeah. done this for really two games. It's been two or three games. Let's not get crazy about two or three games and say, oh, yeah, he's, he's a better passer. He's a better playmaker than Jalen Hurts because that's simply not true. We were talking yeah. about Jalen Hurts being an MVP candidate. We've never said that of Daniel but Jones. But not, not because never. of his throwing. I've never said Jalen Hurts. Not just solely because of his throwing. It's been a combination of him throwing right. the football pretty well. But running for first downs and running the football yes. is mainly yes. the combination. So to say that Daniel Jones is not a better passer and Jalen Hurts think is, is, that's not why Jalen's the MVP. It's not because of his arm. It's because of everything that he does. That's fair. That's fair. That's true. Yeah. And, and but in this game, this game's going to be huge to kind of tell. Okay, what do we make of Jalen Hurts? Because what happens if Jalen Hurts does ball out in this playoff game? Now, but also, what happens if Daniel Jones balls out in this playoff game? More likely. We got to see what happens. And this so, is a Brian Daybol game right here, guys. I'm it's going to have to be. It's not. It's going to have to be. It's about who Daniel the best Jones. coach is. It's not about yeah. Daniel Jones. It's not about Jalen Hurts. Right. They are both who they are. They're okay yes. quarterbacks. This is Nick Sirianni versus Brian Dable. And Nick mm-hmm. Sirianni still wears high school t-shirts that says beat Dallas. <laughs> Brian Dable, you know, breaks necks and cash checks. That's who he is. Giants win. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. I think that's a perfect way to kind of wrap up that conversation. But we all got New York winning this football game. Yep. Next game, Buffalo versus Cincinnati. Ooh, you already know where this is going. All right, hit me with the Savage. Okay, well, let's see. I'm going to pick the best quarterback in the NFL, Joe Burrow. The Bengals are playoff phenoms. Everyone's like, oh, no, Patrick Mahomes, he's number one. Huh. I feel like I'm old enough to remember Burrow going 3-0 against Mahomes. You know? This way, yeah. I think I'm old enough to remember. Oh, 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 but Joe Burrow's (laughs) offensive line is injured. Huh. Well, Well, I'm old enough to remember that he – I'm old enough to remember that he led the league in sacks in the regular season and postseason last year. Here's what it comes down to. Is Joe Burrow healthy? Yes. Is Jamar Chase healthy? Yes. Okay, I'm taking them. I'm taking the Baton Rouge boys to take down any team in the NFL this year. And this is the game that I feel best about, guys. Mm-hmm. This is this is my lock of the weekend. The listen, I'm starting to. I'm selling a lot of my stock in Josh Allen, y'all. I, that dude, 
that dude is a turnover machine. He was in college. Then he got Brian Dable. Now he's gone. Lost Brian Dable. Now he's back to turnovers. And I'll, wait, now who's playing better than they have in the past years? Daniel Jones, because he has Brian Dable. Brian Dayball's the GOAT. He's a legend. Josh Allen's going to have several turnovers. Joe Burrow is going to be cool, calm, collected. Joe Shiesty, mm-hmm. look for him to wear something ridiculous to the playoff game and then wear it out of the tunnel after he wins. I got the Bengals, and I think it's Bengals by at least a touchdown. I don't think it's going to be really that close. Right. Savage, you you made me uh, change my prediction. Um, thank you for the recent history because – I agree with you. I think Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in this league that we have playing right now. That's what um, I'm talking about, Daniel. And it's because of the clutchness. It's because of, yes, does he throw a lot of interceptions? Yes, but we got to remember who threw five in, or threw four in week one. Let's remember that. Um, who do you trust when the game is on the line and you need a good drive? Joe Burrow. That's who you trust. Um I've said this before, Joe Burrow reminds me of the next Joe Montana, a guy who maybe doesn't make the most spectacular. He doesn't make the Mahomes or Josh Allen type plays, but what he does give you is wins. Yeah. Good drives, great moments. Consistency. Yes. And that's what Joe Montana brought. He was never the flashy type player. Um, Now, my concern for Cincinnati was the offensive line because – they were playing better this year than they probably looked last year, and they kind of had got their offensive line wrecked. And Buffalo's got a really good defense. But I'm going to have faith in Joe Burry to figure it out. I really am. I believe Cincinnati's defense is good enough to keep it close. I really do. Because I believe that offensive line will be a problem for Joe Burrow. I really do. Um, if you looked at the Ravens game, he was just one, two, three. If it's there, I'm going to throw it and just pray that it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to put faith in Joe Burrow, and I think Cincinnati wins it. I have Buffalo, but now I got Cincinnati in that game. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I think the best quarterback in the league right now is Jalen Hurts, but I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with Savage. So, so <laughs> no, I, but here's the thing. I wasn't, I wasn't that big on Joe Burrow because I was saying, kind of saying the same thing that we've been saying for the, all these quarterbacks. I, I need to see some consistency throughout a couple of years to, to really tell where each quarterback is at. But after this season, back-to-back years, and you can even take his rookie year, Joe Burrow has been one of the most consistent and reliable quarterbacks in the NFL. When you have a quarterback who instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to take a shot down the field that might work. I know he's double covered, but I'm just going to throw it up there and see if I can make that throw. And then he says, "Okay, well, Joe Mixon is wide open uh, and he's going to get us to pick up the first down and we can keep the drive going. Okay, I'm going to take that play. That's the quarterback that Joe Burrow is. He doesn't get overwhelmed or excited about what could possibly be he takes what's right there in front of him and he's probably the the best situational quarterback in football right now he's going to make the best play and the and the best decision at the time that they need it he's never going to do anything crazy or outlandish and i get it week one was scary with the four interceptions but he's looked fantastic since then um and I think for that alone, like you said, Josh Allen last year had an amazing postseason, but he also had Brian Dayball. My biggest concern with Josh Allen this entire season has been turnovers, and not just turnovers, but turnovers in the red zone. And I, I get it. Joe Burrow's offensive line is not where it, it needs to be, but he's done that before. He's yep. gotten sacked nine times last year in the playoffs and yep. still won the game. Mm-hmm. Like... So, so this one to me is pretty simple. Joe Burrow is winning this game because he's the best quarterback in the playoffs right now. Period. Yep. Uh, now, moving forward in the final game, and this is how we're going to end the episode, Cowboys versus the 49ers. Savage, who wins this game? Man. I think this is a offensive display. I think this is 
trading punches back and forth. I mean, this is your classic heavyweight fight. I'm expecting a big CD Lamb game. I got Cowboys 38, San Fran 35. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm going to keep the theme of my season because it's worked. it worked last week. Uh, <laughs> so I'm hoping to do a reverse jinx on the Cowboys right now and pick against okay. them. I got San Francisco winning this ball game. I believe that I believe San Francisco's offense will be too much for our defense. That's what I believe. I believe that Brock Purdy will rely on the play action. I believe San Francisco will run the ball really effectively like they did last year um, because our run defense is still a lot to be desired um, at this point. Um, so I believe that San Francisco is going to win 28 to 20 in the end. I hope I'm wrong, but that's what I got right now. Oh, uh, man. So this is where I put – here's what I've done all season. And this is where we confess our sins, right? So this is what I've done at some points in the season. I have let the opinions of others affect my, my confidence and my feelings – about this football team and about Dak Prescott. No more. I'm going to double down on how I feel about this Cowboys team and how I feel about Dak Prescott. So I'm picking the Cowboys to win this game. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be the toughest game that we play all year long. Mm. I believe the score is going to be 31 to 28 Cowboys. Um, I believe that if the Cowboys get if the Cowboys don't start slow like they did in in games this season or even of last season, I think that if they start the game ready to go, it's gonna be a ball game. It's gonna be a shootout, and I think it's gonna be a tough, tough football game. But I'm gonna trust Dak Prescott to continue on this streak because I think that this postseason is gonna change how people look at him. And so I think he's ready for this moment, and I'm going to have confidence and trust in him that he's going to continue to play the way that he played like he did in Tampa Bay. So I'm picking the Cowboys to win 31-28, to 28, and for us to face the New York Giants, to beat the Giants. At home. At home. home. It'll be at home. Get a home play. at home. Home NFC Championship game. So, First one since 94-95. Absolutely. So that's going to do it for us here on Double Take, an NFL podcast. Steven. Man, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It yeah. was an absolute yeah. blast to have you. Yeah, Enjoy your having. takes. Enjoy uh, yeah. just the, the conversations we get to have for you. And hopefully you'll, you'll be willing to come back and to continue to talk through the playoffs with us because I think yep. this, is a great, this is a great team to kind of cover the playoffs. So yeah. hope, hope, hope you'll come back and be on the show with us. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Well, for Daniel, this is David Gonzalez on the Double Taken NFL podcast. And until next time, guys, enjoy a great week of football. We'll see you guys later.